0: Hey Pastor Josh here. Thanks so much for watching our videos. If you'd like more information about Legacy City Church You can go to LegacyCityChurch.com Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell below. God bless you. Let's dive into God's Word. What do you say? We are in Matthew chapter 13 in our Bibles and uh, We're working through a series. I have titled Jesus World View Jesus World View in which we really look through the lens of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are a lot of views going on in the world today. And uh, at the end of the day, after, again, a lot of the confusion that had been taking place over the last couple of years, um, I just said, you know what, we are going to dive into the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, which is the most comprehensive gospel we have um, of the story of Jesus and his teachings. And so I said, we are going to go into this book, and we're going to go line by line, chapter by chapter through it to get his view on the world, on all that is going on. Uh, Again, there are a lot of views in the world, and uh, nobody's perfect. Nobody has the corner on truth except for the Lord Jesus. He actually said this of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to God except through me. That's a radical statement. You can't just say stuff like that on the street. Uh, People are like, you're crazy, dude. Or, you actually might be the Son of God. You actually might be the Messiah. And so, I want to understand Christ's view on the earth. What Jesus has to say regarding all things of life. And I hope that it would bring clarity to all the fog in this day and age. Obviously, we have a lot of turmoil going on in our world today, Um, a lot of crazy things going on, but I want to remind you what the Lord Jesus has said. He said, I share these things with you, that in me you, you may have peace. And he said, in this world you will have tribulation. You will. He promised us this. But then he said this, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I know what I'm doing. This comes from King Jesus. This comes from the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one who rules the universe. The title of the message today, if you're taking notes, is The Secrets of the Universe. The Secrets of the Universe. This is sermon number 57 through the book of Matthew, if you're taking notes. And we will cover verses 10 to 17. Heard of a story. Maybe you heard of this one, too. Just lighten things up. What do you say? The husband had fallen ill with some very serious symptoms and his wife took him to the doctor who examined him and ran a complete uh, a complete series of tests and he told the man to get dressed and step outside this doctor and after the husband was gone the wife said doc give it straight to me what's wrong with my husband well your husband is going to die unless you take some special measures for him she said of course doctor i'll do anything to help my husband This is what you must do. First of all, you must not allow him to have any stress whatsoever. You must make him three healthy meals a day. Do whatever he asks you to do. Smother him with kisses all the time and tell him how much you love him. Give him whatever he wants or needs. Spoil him rotten and wait on him hand and foot. Then your husband will live. On the way home, the husband said to his wife, well, honey, what did the doctor say? Am I going to get well? Without missing a beat, the wife said, it's terminal. It's just a joke. (laughs) Life is short, huh? goes by fast. And we spend all of our lives, well, I would say the beginning of our lives, we're just trying to get a footing and we just hope we can have a little bit of money. We hope that we can get a home. We hope that we can build a family. We want to get a good job. We would love a little bit of success. Um, we're all uh, aspiring to these things, but as you start growing older, you start asking the deeper questions of life when you have, uh, you have gained a little bit of money, and you've, you've had some success, and uh, things are running okay according to the world standards, and then you start asking the deeper questions of life. Uh, what is this all about? What's going on? Um, what, what is this family and marriage thing about? Why, why do I hurt so bad? Why do these things hurt me so badly? Relationships. Um, why, why are these the weights of society? What, what is going on? Uh, that seems to be more in the universe than just us uh, evolving and, and leveling up and acquiring more and uh, just breathing and eating. There's got to be more to this thing. What is it all about? Jesus takes time to explain to us that he is revealing to people on the earth the secrets of the universe, but he is not doing it for all people he's only doing it for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see and that is the question well how do I get ears to hear and eyes to see the secrets and mysteries of the universe LA is no doubt trying to find them we got every every spiritual guru every every idea everything and anything you would ever want to pursue to try to figure it out we have it sitting here in our city yet so many are still hurting and lost So many are still hurting one another. We we can't seem to figure out the two biggest problems, how to stop dying and how to stop hurting each other. And Christ comes to fulfill both of these things spiritually, physically, mentally. In our hearts, minds, and souls, he gives us answers today. And they're simple, yet very complex. I don't know how else to say it. As you read this today, I know you will walk away with a bit more questions, as I do, but you will have a bit more understanding into the mind of God and what He is doing in the universe. We are in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to read verses 10 to 17. Can we stand for the reading of God's Word? We always stand for the reading of God's Word to remember whose word we're reading not my word these are not my words these are the lord jesus words and ultimately this is the word of god Um, we anchor back to the bible over and over and over again week after week as the source of truth Um, after all um, why should we believe one person over another where are they getting their truth what is the premise of their truth that's what i want to know we anchor back to the word of god and uh, we anchor back to what he has said And so that is why we stand for the reading of God's Word to remember it's His words. My words can't change you. God's words will change you forever. It's found in Matthew 13, verse 10, we are reading, and it says, And the disciples came and said to Him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered and said to them, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has, shall be taken away from him from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not receive. For the heart of this people has become dull, and with their ears they, are scar- they scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes, lest they would see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see, and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask now that you administer to us. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Lord, we want spiritual eyes and spiritual ears to understand the depths of the universe, the mystery of your kingdom. Would you reveal that to us? Would you speak to us in a unique way, each and every one of us, by the power of your Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name, we ask it, "Amen. You can be seated. The disciples come to Jesus and say, "God, uh, Lord, why do you speak in parables? Why do you speak in stories? We talked about this a bit last week, but what is a parable? It's been said that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning the lord jesus frequently used parables as a means of illustrating profound divine truths stories such as these are easily remembered the the characters are bold and the, the symbolism is rich in meaning parables were a common form of teaching in judaism before a certain point in jesus ministry he had employed many graphic analogies using common things that would be familiar to everyone like salt bread sheep And their meaning was fairly clear in the context of his teaching. He was teaching in their culture. You know, if I say Instagram, a lot of people know what it is. If I see Facebook, a lot of people know what it is. If I say Tesla, you know what that is, you understand the context. If I said that 2,000 years ago, nobody has any clue what we're talking about. But if I say sheep to you, many of you are like, what? What's a sheep? (laughs) You know, don't they do like wool or something? You know, don't we? Do we eat them? No, I don't know if we eat them. What, what do they do exactly? So Jesus is speaking in their context, in their ways of understanding, and he's telling stories. And we know that parables require more explanation. And at one point in Jesus' ministry, he begins to teach using parables exclusively. He shifts from talking plainly to speaking in parables all the time and there are about 40 parables recorded in the gospels they are only found in matthew mark and luke there are no parables found in the book of john every parable is about the gospel and salvation let me say that again every parable is about the gospel and salvation what is every parable about the gospel and salvation one more time what is every parable about the gospel and salvation the key to unlocking these parables and understanding them is knowing that jesus is pointing to his gospel message the good news about what he has done and salvation with god a relationship with god being saved from our sin that we have committed against god forgiven of it Paid for and taken care of by Christ and us being reconciled to our God who made us. This is what every parable is about. We shouldn't try to stretch parables to other applications. Um, the, The prodigal son story is not about parenting yeah but a father you know he was like fathering his son and uh you know the son wanted the inheritance and he took it and burned it up on yes all of that is good and fine that it's a story but the the purpose of it is not on parenting the purpose of it is salvation that the father god the father would be sitting there waiting for his sinful backslidden son or daughter to come home and that when any sinner comes into the house of God, he is not rejected, but he throws a robe around them and he says, come home once you were lost and now you are found once you were not saved and now you are saved once you were far from me. Now you've come into relationship with me and now I will be with you forever. It is the grace of God, the father and how he saves his people. And we need to keep parables in the context of salvation and gospel, or we will get off on all kinds of tangents. I once knew a man who found a treasure hidden in a field, and he sold everything that he had to go and buy that field so that he could have that treasure. Mm, It's about treasure finding. It's about selling everything and buying fields oh no is it is about it is about a man or woman who found salvation and gave up all of their life to follow this treasure in the field who is that it's Jesus what does a man gain if he profits the whole world but loses his soul if you want to find yourself you must first lose yourself completely these are the messages of the parables and it is important that we anchor in these truths so like i said we will start taking parables and going off and stretching them in all kinds of different ways to make them say whatever we want and we see people do this everyone loves a story jesus never spoke in parables before this chapter once he spoke these parables he started speaking in them almost every single time we see him teaching I said everyone loves a story and jesus was the best storyteller ever some pastors try to use parables as a reason to tell stories for a full sermon and not teach through the scripture well jesus spoke in parables jesus told stories so that's why i tell stories the whole sermon but we must remember that jesus did not only tell stories but he taught them good doctrine and theology within the story I just focus on the scripture and the stories this is the best we can do some will say i don't do doctrine or theology really i just focus on jesus and i focus on scripture and i focus on the stories listen the word doctrine do you know what it means teaching do you know what the word theology means the study of god right Then you like doctrine and theology, right, don't you? So do you like the teachings of Jesus and the study of God's word? Absolutely. Then you like doctrine and theology. It's the same thing. We've got them confused. Jesus used stories to teach his disciples good doctrine and good theology, good teachings. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and doctrine them Teach them to observe all that I commanded you. Teach them my teachings, the doctrines of Christ, the doctrines of the Old Testament. Teach them good theology. It's a seminary word that a lot of people don't like, but all is the study of God. Do you like to study God? Yes, absolutely. Then we love theology. Jesus came to preach and declare the truth to his disciples through parables so seeing they would not see and hearing they would not hear we have a lot of storytellers in this day but not many preachers and that's why the churches are so anemic they're so they're weak they're not ready for a storm and when the storm throat uh, shows up it just blows the plant over it just knocks the tree down of the person because they have no roots and so The more you understand, it's not enough to just understand, I should point out. We must believe what we understand. We must not fill our heads with knowledge and then not actually believe what we know. That's dangerous. Probably the most dangerous thing we can do. But again, if I just stuffed you full of candy every single week as your meal, say, man, that sure does taste good, but you grow weak inside. We need to fill you with health with the true truth of God's word. I'm not saying don't preach stories. Preach stories, stories are great. It is a beautiful way to connect the truths of God to something, but we must not eliminate the truth of God for a great story because it doesn't do anything but make us feel good for a moment and go on our way. We must allow God's word to have its way. That's why we try to do both. Let's talk about this. Hearing they do not hear, seeing they do not see. Hidden in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight. It literally is right there in front of your face, and you can't see it. Remember our context? The Lord has just shared the parable of the sower, or the soil, verses 1 to 9. We talked about that last week, if you missed it. But in our text, at this point in the chapter, the Lord hasn't given the explanation yet if you follow the verses one through nine jesus is explaining the par. Or, i'm sorry he is teaching the parable of the sower then at verse 10 there's a sidestep and all of a sudden the disciples stop him and say um why do you teach him parables then after he teaches why he explains in parables then he goes on to explain the parable of the sower so we covered these two passages uh, 1 through 9, and then it picks up on 18 last week. And now we are talking about the centerpiece as why Jesus teaches in parables. Verse 10, take a look at your Bible. And the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? Notice Bible students, who are who is them? Who is Jesus pointing out there? Who are the disciples pointing out? Them? Why do you speak to them in parables? The disciples say, Why do you speak to them this way? They, them, (laughs) are the crowd of non-believers. The fact that that has any other context in the universe right now is bizarre to me. That's why I'm saying I'm laughing to some degree. They are the crowd of non-believers, those who are not disciples or true followers of Jesus. People are always scared to ask the teacher questions, aren't they? You remember being in math class? And uh, you know the, the, the teacher does the equation and then turns around and says, does anybody have any questions? And you're like, I do. But I don't wanna look dumb, so I don't wanna ask, what is X again? People are always scared to ask the teacher questions, huh? Because they don't want to look dumb. But aren't you happy when that one person asks in the in, uh, the class the question that you are thinking? Aren't you thankful? I am. I'm like sitting there like, yes, yes, he asked what X is, and now I know, and I got this, baby. Now I can act like I always knew, you know? this is what the disciples did they walked over and said hey Lord why do you speak in parables and he starts to break it down for them aren't you thankful that he did this I am I don't know who did it but it probably was Peter because he always had his foot in his mouth huh he always spoke too soon He, he was always speaking up I don't know maybe he was doubting Thomas who knows he always had questions as well but I'm thankful for those questions because they help us think and understand why Jesus is speaking this way. The disciples did that for us, and I'm so happy they did. Look at verse 11. And Jesus answered and said to them, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. But to them it has not been given to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven the secrets of the kingdom of heaven the secrets of the universe jesus begins to build the reason he speaks in parables he says i speak to you in this way my disciples because it has to you it is for you and you only i want to share the secrets and mysteries of my kingdom with you and i will only reveal this to my people to everyone else, they will never know. The secrets and the mysteries of heaven have been given to God's people alone. It is exclusive. God makes known his plans and ways to his people alone. Aren't, but, but, Pastor, aren't all people God's people? No. The Bible says very clearly in John chapter 1, verse 12, Jesus says to those who received him, To those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to be called children of God. To those who received him and those who believe in his name, those are the ones that he gives the right to be called children of God. Yeah, but aren't all people God's creation? Absolutely. Are we called to love all people? Absolutely. Am I called to love all people? Absolutely. But I love my kids different. My kids get a special love from their father. And God gives a general, common grace to the entire world. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. It rains on the just and the unjust. We know those who hate God are still making millions and doing absolutely fantastic, enjoying wonderful meals, having even some days of peace and relaxation. God gives a common grace and love to the entire earth, but to his people, he gives a special love. And to his people, he gives a special relationship in which they have access to him to understand and know the mysteries of the universe. Like I said, it's like all of a sudden you weren't able to see in color and magically you can see in color. You look around, you're like, oh my gosh. We're not just a bunch of animals running around trying to stomp on each other to try to get ahead in life. Survival of the fittest, baby, get out of my way. I'm all about me and my family. Oh, it isn't about that. It's actually about loving the one who created us and loving and serving the person next to us, my neighbor. Not making me the first priority, but treating others better than ourselves. So opposite of the thinking of our planet. Keith Green, I quoted it last week, he says it's like when he came to know Christ, when he came to know God, when he came into relationship with him, he said it was like waking up from the longest dream. How real it all seemed until your love broke through. He says, I was lost in a fantasy until your love broke through. He said, like a foolish dreamer trying to build a highway to the sky, all my hopes and dreams would, would come tumbling down, and I never knew just why. Until today, when you opened the clouds, you shined into my life, you opened my eyes. I was blind all these wasted years, and I thought I was so wise. And then you took me by surprise. It's like waking up from the longest dream, how real it seemed until your love broke through. I was lost in a fantasy until your love broke through. I can't undo what God has done in my life. I can't unsee what God has shown me in my life. The forgiveness and the grace and the love that I have experienced on mountaintops by myself, in the deserts of Mexico by myself, in the deserts of Jordan and Israel by myself, who can take away those experiences and those moments that I've had with God by myself? in Which God has revealed himself to me. And I'll, this is the challenge, family. This is the question we have to ask. Why am I compelled now? Where do these desires come from? It would be so much easier just to let all of it go and say, forget this. I'm going to go build a business, build money, and go build something else for myself. I'm going to be selfish the rest of my life and do whatever I want. But this compelling and pulling in the opposite direction, to fight the bad within myself and desire to do what is good under God's glory, to have desires like that within you, to be challenged, to say, I'm going to choose to love that person when I know I should. I know I'm called to forgive in this situation when it's difficult, I would much rather just get even. We are moved to do things that human beings don't do, and that is a grace. When our eyes are opened, we see love, when we see grace, and we experience it at a heavy level, then we are moved to do radical things for our neighbors and the people that are around us. Like I said, it's like waking up from the longest dream. All of a sudden, you're in reality, and are like, oh, wow. I can never get away, I can never unknow what I know. I can't wake up tomorrow and just say, there is no God, because I know too much. Every time I pick up a leaf and I look at the details of this thing, I say, how in the world is this thing pre-programmed to produce food? You just put the seed in the ground, throw some water on it, let the sun hit it, and it just starts making food. Unreal. I can't undo that. Who programmed that? When there is information found within the cells of nature and creation and all that is around us, who put that information in there? If you found information on another planet, Mars or Pluto or wherever you want to go, you would never conclude it just evolved. You say somebody put that information there and we got to go find those aliens, right? We find information on earth, and we say, oh, it just magically showed up. He gave us the right to know the mysteries of the universe, but to those outside the kingdom, they will never know, never see, never hear, never understand. The Bible describes them as literally being blind spiritually. They just seriously just can't see. And the only way to see is to be healed by the Lord Jesus by believing in who he is and what he has come to do. It is by calling on him and saying, Lord, I believe that you are the Lord. I believe that you are the creator. I believe that you are the one. Heal me. I need forgiveness from you. I've done great wrong in my life. I am plagued by the guilt and burden of my sins before you. And I know I'm going to have to stand before a judge one day. And it's you. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. That is the only way to be healed from spiritual blindness, is to come to Christ as you are. God is not asking you to fix your life then come to him. He's saying, come to me, all ye who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You come to me broken. You come to me with nothing. I talk about the worst business deal in all of history. It's actually the best. The worst deal in all of history, it would be like you walking up to, again, richest man on the planet, Elon Musk, and saying, hey man, uh, you wanna go into business together? And he's like, okay, sure, what, what do you got? You're like, um, I, got like a, I got a paperclip and I got some lint in my pocket. I think I might have like 952 in my bank account right now. I might be overdrawn, but. Um. He's like, you wanna do business? You're like, well, um, okay it's like i got like you know a couple hundred billion i think we'll be okay wait you want to do business with me god declares to his people i bring everything You don't have to bring anything i bring everything to the contract i make everything right i make all things new i forgive all sin i bring blessings and promises i bring heaven and gifts for my people that sounds too good to be true i'm telling you it is true it is real this is the god of the bible i'm not candy coating this whatsoever it is the truth he literally brings everything to his people and says i want to forgive you and love you and serve you come to me why He does it simply because he loves us you know my little Shep comes to me my little guy he's only one years old he comes running up to me and he wants something he needs something he does not have to do anything in order to attain it he is only one years old and everything that I have is already his everything son all that I have is yours I am an earthly father who sins and messes up and makes bad decisions in life, yet how much more awesome is our God in heaven, who loves you? And we know his son Jesus came down to the earth to die for your sins, to pay the punishment so that you do not have to pay for them. This is the God we have. This is the God we know and the only way to be healed of our spiritual blindness is to come to him verse 12 jesus explains for whoever has to him much more will be given and he will have an abundance but to whoever does not have even what he has shall be taken from him this has been a difficult verse to understand for many believers if you look at it by itself i've heard people literally quote this by itself on its own without a context they literally just read the verse and if you do that you're in big trouble because you can't make sense of it but if you look at the context it makes perfect sense to those who understand who have ears to hear and eyes to see and are part of the kingdom of God to them more understanding will be given and more of the secrets of the universe will be given but those who do not see and do not hear who are not a part of God's kingdom, even the surface understanding that they do have will be taken away. As they fade further and further from God, the one who holds all knowledge, all wisdom, and all understanding, to the one who is light, love, and peace, and truth, they will lose more and more and more as they drift further and further away from him. The one who understands the one who has will be given more. The one who doesn't understand, doesn't see, even what he has will be taken away from him. As we move towards God, we gain. As we move away from God, we lose even what we have. Verse 13 says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, Jesus says, because while seeing they do not see, while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. A lot in this verse, but you understand its surface meaning. Jesus is plainly saying, I speak to them in parables. Those who can understand will, and those who can't won't. It seems like a riddle, but Jesus is speaking in language that the believer can understand. There are three categories you can place in this scripture if you are taking notes. First, you have the person who will believe person who will believe they will hear the secrets of the kingdom because they are of God's flock and he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand and his sheep hear his voice there are people who will see and know you can divide the entire earth into two groups really those who will believe and those who will not believe and those who will believe when the gospel is preached they will hear their eyes will be opened and they will come into relationship with God and then there are those on the planet who you preach to them and they will not hear I don't know why this is this is up to the secret counsel of God but I've been preaching for about 20 years now and I am telling you I have been calling people to God for 20 years and I don't know why some wake up and others don't if I had the secret. I would, I would choke a dude out if I had to, to get him to come to God. I'd be like, that's it, arm bar, you know, like I would just, I would do whatever it took to get him to submit to God, right? I can't do it. All I can do is preach. I don't know why some ears open and some eyes see. I don't know. This is up to the secret counsel of God and eternity's past. We do have some understanding of what's happening in real time in the human heart, which Jesus revealed to us in the text. But it seems that there is categories that Christ has made in the universe. There is then the person who won't believe, number two. The secrets of the kingdom are hidden from them. They are ultimately goats who are separated from God forever because they want nothing to do with Him. They want nothing to do with God. Person number three is the person who understands some, watch this, understands some, but will never fully believe. Those who believe in a God, but will never put their full trust in the Lord Jesus. And it is a mercy that the mysteries of God, watch this, are hidden from that person, lest they face greater judgment by knowing more and more and more, and then being held accountable for what they knew. But still chose never to believe instead the lord hides more from them as a mercy because he knows they will never believe and the parable is given in luke 12 we'll look at it towards the end of the sermon with that understanding now the words of isaiah jesus is quoting making things more clear Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9 he is quoting and it says this in verse 14 take a look and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled which says you will keep on hearing but not understand you will keep on seeing but will not perceive for the heart of this people has become dull and with their ears they scarcely hear and they have closed their eyes there it is lest they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them." Wow. Isaiah's speaking for God in his day to the people of Israel. They keep on hearing, but they will not understand. They keep on watching, but they don't perceive anything spiritually, because the people, Isaiah says, have become dull. D-U-L-L, dull, like a dull blade. What's a dull blade good for? You ever taken a dull blade and try to cut a tomato? It's like, why won't this go through? It, It looks sharp, but there's nothing to it. There's no edge to it, and it will not slice. This is the person who has great understanding, but chooses to keep closing their eyes, closing their ears, They choose not to take steps of faith to believe the human responsibility of this. Jesus says they have closed their ears and eyes to the truth. If they would just listen and look closer, if they would understand with their whole heart and return to me, I would heal them. Maybe that's you today. You've heard with your ears, you've seen with your eyes, but you still choose not to take a step of faith to believe on Christ with all of your heart. What in the world are you waiting for? jesus gives a call to repentance and i want to reiterate the gospel to you once again we are a broken human race still hurting and hating each other it's in the news every single day and jesus the lord jesus christ has come down to the earth to reconcile us back to the god who made us who is love and he is demanding that we would love him with all of our lives and come into relationship with him and then he is demanding that we would get on loving each other What a bummer, command, huh? Oh, could our lives be so radically changed by submitting to the one who is love and the one who knows truth and the one who's created all things and start walking with him and cause us to start loving and serving one another the way that he's created us to? Wow, what a terrible thing. I'm telling you. That Christ is calling us to come into relationship with him and he wants to forgive you of everything you have ever done. Let me ask you, if you died today and you stood before God, what would happen? Are you ready? Are you ready for that moment? It is a real moment. You will stand before God alone. Not with me. You will die alone. You will stand before God alone. And you will give an account on what you have been given the opportunity to receive. And that's why it's important. God says, today if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Don't do it. Because as you harden and as you close your ears and as you close your eyes, you may never see again. C.S. Lewis, the great writer, says there are only two kinds of people in the world. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And then those to whom God says, thy will be done. If that is the way that you want it and that's the way you've wanted it all of your life to be away from me, then thy will be done. But Jesus says to us, I just want to say one more thing. To that I will give you the opportunity to get right with God at the end of this sermon it's not too late we will pray and turn our lives over to the Lord and start walking with Him. what does that mean what do I have to do you have to do nothing but believe on him and start walking with him turn away from worshiping the gods of this world and turn to him and worship him start walking with him and then discover what he is calling you to do with your life secrets of the universe but then he says verse 16 he starts speaking back to his boys back to his disciples he says but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because you hear for truly i say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see and to hear what you hear and did not hear it He says this, you're blessed that you hear, and I'm telling you today, even if you're not walking with God today, but you made it here today, if you are understanding what I'm saying, you are blessed that you can hear, you are blessed that you can see, what are the chances that you ended up in this place on this day, rewind 10 years ago, how in the world did you get here, and why is God speaking to you today? Why do you hear today? Why do you see today? You have to ask those questions. What is God doing in your life? Why has He brought your life to this place? Could it be that He is calling you into a relationship with Him? I'll never forget the day He called me into relationship with Him. I'm thankful. I don't know why me. I don't know. There isn't anything fantastic about me. Trust me, ask my wife. I don't know why but I'm thankful blessed are your eyes because you see blessed are your ears because they hear for truly there were prophets and righteous men in the Old Testament who did not see and hear what you hear. They longed to understand what you understand. You are blessed because you see and because you hear. The prophets of old wished they could see and hear what you hear today. They talked about a Messiah, but they didn't know who it was. They talked about him. They preached about him. They told the world about him. There's one coming who's going to save us. There's one coming who's going to take care of this. There's one coming who's going to save us from death and from hurting one another. He's going to make us right with our Creator. He's going to cause us to fall on Him and to walk with Him. We'll be in eternity with our God. There is one coming in the future. They talked about turn to God, believing this message that there is one coming. Guess what we get to do? We get to look back on the one who has come. And we have the history of the church, the birth of the church. We get to see people walk with God. Did any of you go and slaughter an animal this last week at temple? Oh. Interesting. Interesting. we get the blessing of being able to just call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. That's it. 1 Peter 1.9 says the reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this glorious, gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or, or situation the Spirit of Christ within them Was talking about when he told them in advance about christ's suffering and his great glory afterward they wondered peter says in verse 13 therefore prepare your minds for action be sober-minded set your hope fully on the grace to be given you at the revelation of jesus christ he says prepare your minds for action if you've been entrusted with this the prophets of old wished for this day and you have it if we can see Family, legacy, City of City, Los Angeles, listen. If you can see, we must help others to see. If we can hear, we must help others to hear. First Corinthians 2.7, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. If they understood it they would have not crucified the lord of glory think about that pilate if you would have known the secrets of the universe you wouldn't have been the guy in control who says put him to death you would have said no 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 this is the king of the universe guys we cannot put him to death why doesn't everyone see why doesn't everyone hear? I don't know. But we are called to help everyone to see. That's all we can do and leave the rest in God's hands. Amen? One final, one final passage here, Luke 12, 47 to 48. Just two verses, listen. Jesus talks about, again, another story. He said, a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions Will be severely punished but someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly when someone has been given much much will be required in return and when someone has been entrusted with much even more will be required to whom much is given much is required Jesus purposely purposely hides the truth from non-believers, so they won't be responsible for more, because he knows they will never believe. He says, let them be punished lightly. But to the one who knows, oh my. To whom much is given, much is required, let me ask you today, what is required of you? How much knowledge, wisdom, and mystery has God entrusted to you? Legacy. Why has God entrusted to you the secrets of the universe? What is the secrets of the universe? It is the gospel message. That you can see you can see why men and women do wrong. They've sinned against God. They've broken the covenant with God. They have been plunged into a sinful nature and they go on for thousands of years hurting and hating each other. And you see that there has come one down from the earth down from heaven to come and save us from our sins. He has given us the message of life. You know that Jesus was only in the public eye for 3 years? 3 years. And he has changed the whole world. What'd you do in the last 3 years? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> His message brings life. And it still is to this day. God has entrusted to you the secrets of the universe what marriage is to look like, what family is to look like, what society is to look like. We are to be loving God and loving one another. We are to be teaching our kids to love and know God and love one another. We have the hidden mysteries of the universe right here. I thought it was about building wealth. I thought, it was, thought these were the secrets of the universe. That's what they said on YouTube. No. It's found in Him, and God is revealing it to you day by day. And I hope you feel blessed because you are please don't squander what god has given you walk in the blessing that you have been entrusted with you have been given this treasure here it is i give it to you then take it and show it to the whole world amen Amen. this is our gift this is our treasure god has entrusted it to us the more that you are given please get on giving out in jesus name amen let's pray Father, we thank you for your word. For such a time as this, Lord, you have revealed some of the secrets of the universe to us in understanding why we are here, in understanding what is our purpose, in understanding what what life you have called us to. We thank you that we have this, Lord. We truly are just one beggar coming to another beggar asking if they want some bread. We are all broken people, and we have discovered a little bit of bread, really a whole of a huge portion, bread from heaven. And I pray, God, that we would be a people sharing it in this city, that they would find life, that they would find rest, that they would find peace for their souls, and they would be resurrected from the inside out, that, Holy Spirit, you would come and live inside of them, And they would have the ability to understand and see and hear the mysteries of you. It only happens in a relationship with you. And Lord, I believe there are some here today who have come who say, I need to get things right with God. And I pray, Lord, that you would do a work in their heart and their mind right now. I pray, Lord, that they would understand the gospel completely. They would see their sin that they have committed before you but they would see that the Lord Jesus has come to die for their sin and take their punishment so they can go free. And they would see that grace that in him, though they die, they will actually live forever in you if they call upon you. That though they have sinned, they can be brought to life and have new desires in them to wanna love and serve people around them for your glory. I pray that you would do that in us. And Lord, I pray that those who understand the gospel and know they need to turn away from the gods of this world. Running away from you would turn to you now with all of their hearts. Lord, would you cause them to believe? Would you cause them to see? Would you cause them to hear? Would you cause them to love? Would you cause them to serve? Would you cause them to be humble? To be broken? To be gentle? Be full of joy? Be full of rest? Lord, would you do a work that only you can do? We need our lives transformed by you. We yield to you. We lower ourselves to you, and we ask that you would save us. Lord, anyone crying out in their heart now, I pray that you would save them from their sin. Would you give them the gift of heaven? Would you give them a relationship with you? Would you call all of this resurrection to take place in their hearts and their lives? We pray it would happen in a powerful way. It would never be the same. They would wake up from that long dream, how real it seemed until your love broke through. I pray that they would call upon you as Lord and Savior over their life, and they would walk with you all the days of their life. To all of you that that's relevant and you hear God speaking to you, you can hear and you can see. Would you call upon the Lord and say, from your heart, Lord, save me. Would you do that in me? Forgive me of my sin now. I give you my life. I make you Lord and Savior. I choose to walk with you from this day forward. I turn away from the ways of the world. I turn to you with all of my life. I do it now in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask for everyone praying that prayer, that you would do a work in them supernaturally by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray for our church, that we would be a light that shines in this dark place, that your love would break through, that people's lives would be changed forever. We love you, King. We offer ourselves to you freely. Thank you for blessing us so much. You deserve the highest honor and praise, and we give it to you this day. We do it in Jesus' name. Amen.